I'm Dean Jackson. He's Joe Polished. And this is the I Love Marketing Podcast. Jackson and Joe Polish. Wow. Say that slowly, Dean. Joe Polish. Yeah. Yes. All right. That's Here's the deal. We got a very special. Uh, we got a special guest today, so we're going to get right on into it. This, his name is Ben Altadonna. Very, very sharp marketer. Um, I've got. I've got a short little blurb about Ben, although I've known him for you know, gosh, probably. 15, 20 years. Uh, ben is a solid information and service-oriented marketer, um, another Dan Kennedy-era success story. He also has many years' experience creating products, seminars, and services, as well as creative on- and offline ways of selling them. He's also a pretty uncommon dude. He doesn't go out of his way to meet people or network, which is true. He identified his strengths and built a multi-million dollar business around it that enables him to basically stay home and under the radar. Now, that's uh, that's some stuff about him, that little blurb I had. But um, he's, he's he's a doctor. He's actually a chiropractor, and he's one of the top uh, he's one of the top marketers, trainers, coaches, consultants uh, in the world. Uh, to that industry, uh, probably bigger than anyone that I know, and uh, he's just very, very sharp. And uh, he's also in, uh, you know, Genius Network, 25K. He's uh, smart as heck. And so, Ben, real pleasure to have you as a guest on I Love Marketing. Been, Thanks, been looking Joe. forward to this for a while. <clears throat> Thanks, Joe. Hi, Dean. How are you guys doing? It's all very awesome. exciting. It's an honor. I've been so, listening to uh, I Love Marketing for a long time. I didn't expect this opportunity. And uh, for the listeners, I have no agenda, nothing to sell. I'm doing this for my affection to Joe and my new relationship with Dean. And uh, as a marketer, speaking to everyone on the call, um, <clears throat> it's um, we're all in the same boat. You know, we all try to provide value, and I'm here to help in any way I can today. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Well, awesome. I've, I've known you for a long time. I mean, we go, we go way back, and you're uh, definitely a direct response guy that understands and gets um, – persuasion, uh, the power of marketing, uh, time management. I mean, you name it. You're, you're very effective. You're very efficient. Uh, since this is called I Love Marketing, maybe the first thing to ask you is, is why do you love marketing? Where did this all start? Maybe give some background of how you got into doing what you're sure. doing and how you <laughs> and, gained And I'm going to only say things I believe are relevant to this call or of value to the listeners because we all have our unique stories, but I think there's some parallels and commonalities that I think everybody on this call can relate to. Um, yeah, you're right. I am a chiropractor. I'm licensed. Uh, been uh, licensed since December '90. I practiced for, uh, gosh, uh, eight years, and I did very well. You know, right out of the uh, right out of school, I got my license. I bought a practice. And I practiced um, near San Francisco Airport. I don't think you knew this, Joe. And most of my patients were either flight attendants, which was cool, and uh, airline mechanics and aviators, you know, the pilots. And I also saw San Jose Sharks, a lot of uh, hockey players. And they, they, most of the uh, airline industry uh, patients that I had had awesome insurance. They had Connecticut General, I still remember the name of the darn company, uh, great reimbursement, <laughs> low deductibles, low co-pays. And so, you know, going out of the chute, I had a thriving practice in Foster City, California, really nice areas, beautiful. Um, you know, I, I was just, and I was a good chiropractor. I really was. Uh, so I was pretty confident right out of the bat. And I, I always had that confidence gene, even though I wasn't competent. And I think that's uh, not necessarily bad if it's harnessed and you're humble and you're willing to learn because uh, we all make mistakes. And through the years, I'm 51 now, um, I'm, uh, I think all of us are better people as a result of our experiences and more competent. And we have actually stuff willing to sell people. There, you know, there's a, the bad part about marketing is people can learn how to sell things that are you know, of no value. And uh, for those people, you might as well just hang up the phone right now because, you know, we don't want anything to do with you. But if you do have something to sell, uh, 
and a story, a personal story, which I think is important. Um, it's not very hard to use marketing to create uh, a relationship, create, build rapport in a, the most efficient way, which is obviously the, by the use of media, by the use of communication, and by the you know, by having a message that uh, vibrates and is congruent with the pre-existing wants of the marketplace. But going back to my story. Um, I practiced there for two years in Foster City. I was still single at the time, and I'm from the Bay Area, um, so I had an itch to move. So I moved to Folsom, California, about two hours away on the way to Lake Tahoe. It's actually a prison there, and Johnny Cash wrote a song about it. I don't remember the name, but it's a beautiful uh, foothill community full of oak trees and rolling hills and, and a lot of outdoor sports, and I'm pretty outdoorsy kind of guy. So I opened a practice two hours away. Um, but the problem there was, uh, there was no, uh, airport there that had the type of patients that I was used to, to treating. I was in an area unbeknownst to me that was the, basically the epicenter of managed care, which no, most people don't know. It was invented by, it came out of San, Sacramento, California, which was just down the hill about 35 miles. So I found myself in a position where, um, uh, procuring patients, uh, that could afford my services were, you know, far and few between. And so I was struggling uh, about six months into it. I realized that I need to do something different to market my practice because before I didn't even have to market it. I was in the yellow pages. There was no internet to say of in those days. Or maybe there was. When was internet? Like, uh, you guys know? Even <laughs> well, when you're, you know, I, well, I mean, it I, was actually, well, gosh, probably it was invented many early 90s? decades ago. I know, ago, not but invented, people, but like actually yeah. used in a mass It wasn't until like 96. Yeah, exactly. 96 and 97 when right. AOL so, was uh, – blanketing America with their free discs. Uh, I still have my AOL account. I'm shameful, but anyway, um, so I'm out there (laughs) in Sacramento in the hot sun in the summertime, single, uh, in my, at this point, I was early 30s. I graduated from chiropractic college late. I was like 30 years old. Bottom line is um, I'm out there in the hot sun. All my friends are water skiing and jet skiing and having a great time, uh, and I'm out there doing what in the industry was called and still exists, unfortunately, spinal screening. So I'm out there creating a booth out on a cherry festival or a home show or a boat show trying to attract customers. And obviously, we all know that positioning is terrible, um, but I didn't know any better, and, and I don't think the industry knew any better. And so that's what I did to build my practice in, up in Sacramento. Nevertheless, um, to make a long story short, it was still a, a difficult practice. Patients were coming and leaving quickly. They just could afford, just barely afford to get out of pain and they leave. So I found myself selling that practice, but before I did for about four months, I ended up living in my office to cut expenses. So I slept in my office, took a shower at the gym, had my clothes in public storage, had some clothes in my trunk of my car that had like 180,000 miles on it. And, uh, you know, the, the turning point for me was when my parents came up to visit me two hours away. They didn't know I was living in my office. I broke, I broke, I broke it to them. I also broke down, you know, uh, in tears. I had a, basically a nervous breakdown. And um, that changed my life that moment because to see um, your parents who love you dearly, you know, suffer, um, I can't even explain what it was like. Um, so at the bottom line is at 33 and a half years old, um, I moved back home with my parents, uh, broke. I sold my practice for $15,000, barely recouped um, the cost of the x-ray machine and the build-out for that one machine room because that's a lot of leaded sheetrock. And I took a loss and moved home with my folks back to Hayward, which is like only about 20 miles from where I was succeeding at the time and at near the airport and uh, opened a practice from scratch in Hayward on Jackson Street. And um, then I found out about Dan Kennedy and uh, learned about marketing. And at that point, um, I knew at the moment, because I got it, the moment I, I listened to these cassettes, I knew my life was uh, I, my future, my worry was over, no more anxiety, no more focusing on the past. It totally changed my life. Even before I implemented it, it just, I got it, you know, and I was so excited going through this material that, um, I started creating marketing material for my practice, uh, mostly TV commercials, uh, lead generation. And, uh, I sold my practice, 
a year later, uh, because I ended up sharing these te- the technology and these strategies with other chiropractors. So I sold my practice a year later uh, and helped the profession. And this was back in, gosh, this was in 1998, I believe it was, Joe. I think you started the, in marketing like two, three years ahead of me. So it was like in 98, I began uh, transforming how chiropractors position themselves, which is a big takeaway up to this point. We'll get into more now. We just got through the boring stuff. But the bottom line is, you know, people have to be aware of how you position uh, your product and how you represent yourself in the industry, because every industry has a reputation. Every industry has, uh, you know, skeletons in the closet and you you have to deal with it. And so I've helped chiropractors deal with it by teaching them to be more market focused, not based on uh, what they want people to to buy just because they're passionate about it and uh, never look back. I've been busy ever since, you know, we've done seminars, coaching, everything you can imagine to help chiropractors, but I've evolved in the last, whatever the math is, 14, 15 years, my business has evolved. Um, and you've helped me a lot, Joe. Um, I've observed you in, in your business and uh, which is a big part of my success. I think is I've always observed people that were either more ambitious or more successful, provided that I respected them. And so um, it's very important who you hang with. So the bottom line is um, we went from selling information products exclusively, and back then it was in cassettes and, and manuals, to you know doing seminars and other products and services, including a lot of joint, what we call joint ventures, which is an inaccurate term, but uh, joint selling other people's stuff to my, my customers, which <clears throat> is something you have to be very careful doing um, in my opinion, um, because it really can dilute your uniqueness and um, could could jeopardize your relationships with your customers. Because you have to always be concerned with their perceptions, not what the facts are. Even if the facts are <clears throat> um, surpass their perceptions, typically they will. So you have to be careful about that. So that, so we've evolved now using my marketing uh, experience to a product now that is more of a done for you. Um, which is something we can talk about if you like. The bottom line, and I'll leave it, you know, let you ask me another question. I'm sorry to run so long, but I can talk forever on this stuff. Um, the bottom line is you, you, just because you know a marketing strategy doesn't mean it's a good fit for your industry, for your product, or you, you have to be aware of how it's perceived. And as a, a result of being in 25K, I've learned that there's, and you call it ELF, I think what's that, easy, lucrative, and fun? Yep. Is that correct, Joe? Mm-hmm. Uh, that is Jean, it. But you also throw around the word, and I don't know where you got it at, or maybe you invented it, but and it's hard to describe, but I get it, which is like elegant. How do you, you know, how do you have a business or a systems or a process or a business model that's elegant? And to me, if you ask me what elegant would be, and I may be wrong, but this is how I define it and how I use it as a filter as to what I say yes or no to, is does it is it congruent with my core values? Is it congruent with how I run my business and is it how I want to run my business? And is it congruent with what people, my customers will not only perceive positively, but actually consume or implement? Because oftentimes we have all of us listening, have clients that should be doing things because we know darn well would help their business, but they just don't want to do it. And so the key in, in my business, I have found, it might not be true in everybody's, is is give uh, your customers, try to make sure they, they're going to win and they, they're going to do it because they have to like the process. And not only, it's not just about the results. They, they, they think it's just about the results. They need to, probably more than us's, us's can endure discomfort, but most of the clients are not... Um, they're not, they haven't trained themselves yet, and that's our job, uh, to become more accurate in their thinking, more efficient in the use of their time, and more, uh, man, a bit, their ability to manage their emotions. But, you know, when we process our new members initially, you know, it's, it takes, it takes years. It's, it's not weeks or months. And so um, that's really what my business is about is is helping doctors think accurately and pro- and helping them provide a, a marketing message and a product that um, gives the consumers what they want first 
And then if they need more than what they want initially, then even that's a whole other discussion, and there's an art to that as well. Well, yeah. Um, you know what, uh, Dean, I'll give you a chance to ask any questions and stuff because, you know, I, I know Ben so well that I could go on and on, so I want to get your perspectives and insights. But what you what you just went through, really valuable, several nuggets. One, especially thanks for sharing the whole part about having a nervous breakdown at 33 years old, moving back into your parents' home. I mean, it's uh, not that we ever want to wish that on anyone. It just gives people a, a real context of uh, of what people go through uh, in the quest for entrepreneurship. Because when you know people see you being very successful running a multi million dollar company, a lot of times they don't know all the shit you had to go through in order to to you know get there. You know, get into a state where you actually learned what you needed to, not out of inspiration but out of out of desperation in some cases uh secondly i uh, loved what you talked about with the uh, jvs can dilute your impact so i want to come back to that and then the whole part about uh done for you which i want to ask you about and uh then finally the being aware of how things are perceived you know having an elegant business uh what i wrote down is you know congruent with your values uh, how how your uh, customers and clients perceive you uh, consume what it is you sell implement what you you know teach them if you're in the how-to business, uh, and, and then giving your clients and customers and patients the ability to win—that's that's huge, and that they got to like it. And I, I love the the thing you just said about us's. You know, people like us that are in this business can endure discomfort, uh, and most people can't. I really made a note of that because that is so freaking true. And when I first learned marketing, uh, you know, I thought everyone would just do this stuff. This is before I was actually even teaching it to people. I remember I, I first learned, you know, this whole concept of using uh, sales letters and the ability to can and clone yourself because back then there was no Internet. I mean, I had my first website in, in 1996. Um, but basically, when I first learned this stuff, there – you know, there was no internet. So when I had my consumer awareness guide, my educational stuff, the free reports, the 24-hour free recorded message uh, in my carpet cleaning company, I was afraid uh, to even massively start advertising it in the beginning within the first few months of me learning it because I thought, oh, other carpet cleaners are going to see this and they're going to implement it and do a better job than even I do in my own cleaning company. And then fast forward to today, I mean, we can give this stuff away for free uh, and, and many people don't even implement it. Although these are like could be multi-million dollar ideas, uh, you know. On I love marketing, and some people won't even do it. So the ability to endure discomfort, you know, that's that doesn't apply to everybody. And so the whole thing about you know thinking accurately, I mean, you're you're so right on, and there's so much uh, wisdom just in what you said there. If, if people picked up on that, so anyway, I just wanted to kind of you know restate what it is that I. I, I said because I think if nothing, if people got nothing else, even about this this episode, just hearing and thinking about that and saying what is an elegant business? Because yeah, easy, lucrative, and fun could also be elegant, uh, lucrative, and fun because we have said that before. You know, another way of looking at Elf. So, Dean, what what, what are your thoughts? Any questions for Ben? Well, I think it's going to be interesting to hear the the parallels. You know, because we all came from the same model. We all started out. In, in a business that we ended up then taking and applying marketing to, to grow our own businesses, and then grew that into helping other people in chiropractic, in carpet cleaning, in real estate to grow their business. So it's the, it, there's perfect parallels there. And, and it's always interesting to see and hear how people approached that, because a lot of times people who are listening are in businesses like that. They're applying it to their own business and they feel like, wow, this could really work for, uh, for other businesses. So it'd be good to hear the evolution of how that unfolded too. For ben. No doubt. You know, um, you mentioned free, you can give your product Joe to carpet cleaners for free. And, um, you know, some, some wouldn't even implement, they may feel overwhelmed or what have you. Um, I think that you could even say that there are chiropractors and carpet cleaners and many small businesses that if they gave their product away to their consumers, their customers, their patients, I mean, actually, you know, had a sign in front of their office, free chiropractic care, most chiropractors would not be busy. 
So we are, we're so right. hyper-focused on pricing. We're so hyper-focused on uh, things that we feel are not um, – they're, they're not related to who we are and how we are that we focus on those variables versus the, the core issue, which is are you likable? Are you believable? Are you honorable? Are you credible? Are you empathetic? You know, that, ex- that experience I had living at home, and it's not a made-up story. It was dark time for me. Um, it, it gave me the ability to relate to chiropractors at a level that for most of them is unnecessary. Um, it's overkill, but they feel like they can, that I'm one of them. And I think it's important as we, all of us have climbed ourselves out of the trenches to still keep one foot in the trench because most of our clients are there. And if they can't relate to you because they've, you cannot relate to them anymore or to, for some people, for some marketers, they're, they, their customers or clients, they're even repulsed by them. That's not a good place to be. And sometimes you need to, before you learn how to market what you have to sell, you know, really try to eliminate, which is a Dan Sullivan thing, I believe, it's strategic coach, eliminate a lot of the variables that are really not uh, showcasing, highlighting, or revealing your unique abilities. And a lot of chiropractors and probably a lot of listeners Take a look at what you're selling and how you're selling it and the experience they have from the moment they heard that you even exist on the planet till they pay and beyond um, because at the end of the day, if, if they don't get you, if you don't get them and there isn't an, almost like an intimate relationship with your clients, um, I don't see it's hardly any different than a marriage. You have to have an intimate relationship with your customers and that's takes a lot of effort and a lot of work, way more communication and thinking than most people uh, are willing to do. I like to look at my business as pretty much seamless. I don't think like I used to eight years ago even. I don't think in terms of lead generation, then lead conversion, then stick strategies, then fulfillment, and then relationship enhancement and ongoing communication, and then how do I deal with any cancels or people or customers or clients or patients that are are inactive, they're just not implementing like they should. I I, I try to do everything seamless now. My, My marketing and my product and what I do once they, uh, if they are slow implementers, it's all the same. It, it, they, you cannot, if there's no line of demarcation. You cannot, you, know, you don't feel like when you're being sold. I think elegant marketing is when they never, your customers or in your prospects, they never feel like they're sold. They never feel like they're being lead generated. It, you have to be more elegant than that. And that doesn't happen from, uh, it happens from observing for me. It happened from watching other people and how they run their businesses, guys like Joe and Dan, and um, and and now I, Dean's like I'm I'm Dean's like one of my new heroes now. I've only known about him for six months, but now I'm kind of like a raving fan of Dean Jackson. And so you need to be around people that um, that that have been through like 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 see I have to relate to other marketers your clients have to be able to relate to you and so everything is seamless and it's an, it's always about it's experiential you know you have to provide the product and the marketing in in a way that is different than creating putting some bait on the hook as a loss leader just to try to build a list and through an ascension model try to convert up to that top of that pyramid as like we've all been taught nowadays you have to be you have to be more giving regardless if they give you money or not and that's how you build a lifetime value of a customer or patient. And it's so much cheaper. I'll close on this for now. It's so much cheaper to keep and profitable to keep a customer that you already have than it is to just replace them. But I think we all get that adrenaline rush getting a new client. But what are we really doing to maintain that relationship? Because we can all do more. And that's really where the profit is and where the fun is. Because And it's a lot cheaper than uh, – spending money on advertising yeah absolutely (laughs) again more more great stuff i I love the whole concept of uh of setting up your business so it's seamless do you 
knowing what you know now, I mean, the years uh, that you have spent uh, learning this this craft, I mean, you're very, very good at a lot of things uh, as it relates to marketing. And, um, you know, you understand the power of words and copy and messaging and, you know, all that, all that sort of stuff. Um, what, what would you say if you were to do it over again, uh, what are some big shifts that you would have either done or not done to have move you closer to the, the having success in, in, in your business or, or is, is some of this, you just gotta, you just gotta do your time. I think it's both. It's kind of like, a, I don't have kids, but it's kind of like, you know, uh, trying to tell your kids as teenagers, don't do that. I did that. And, uh, you know, it's going to lead you to path to nowhere. They have to go through it. Um, so I think you have to put in the time. It takes years, uh, you know, but to answer your question, if I had to do things over again, um, of course, you and I have gone through probably two or three uh, generations of technology that either created opportunity or, or limited our abilities. But now, based on what we have available today, I would use all sources of media, including, um, you know, not, you know, everybody wants to save money on, on communication. So everybody's got kind of a hard on, excuse me, for emails and, and, and internet marketing. But it's what I've learned that, 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 um, pierces through all technology are the principles of marketing and it's those principles like you teach here that um, will help you think accurately about where technology fits in because I believe technology is a little bit overrated. It's merely electrons and ways to communicate to people. I do to my doctors and they do to their patients uh, not only emails, but direct mail, which is paper, ink, and postage, which to me is the cheap. To me, it's cheaper than the internet when you factor in results, um, and uh, and 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 it's it, it's not it's perishable. So it's got a it's got a longer shelf life with your in terms of uh, a marketing message. But um, I like the telephone. I love faxes to my members. Not to, every member gets a fax from us every morning. Every member gets an email from me five days a week. Uh, same with my uh, prospects that are not members yet. Same with any cancels. If we have a cancellation, I still don't. I don't just. I don't take them off my list. They will be communicated to five times a week forever. Not pitching. I'm just giving them value for free. So I think the, the short answer would be provide value in your marketing as a part of your marketing, not just talk about how great you are. Uh, you know, it's a courtship, you know, create value. Um, that way they, they are pre-sold. That's which is what marketing should do. It should pre-qualify and pre-sell as you know, best Joe. And, um, so it's all about providing value and being honorable, selling really good strategies that are effective and, and, I guess in closing is do as much as you can for them. Cause to me, they don't want to become marketers. They want the end result, which may, whatever that looks like for them, health, getting their marriage back, um, whatever it is, building their business, free time, mobility. So help be like Dan Kennedy talks about, you know, be there. I'm not sure if it's Dan, but be you know, like a utility company. So create that relationship, be a utility company where they almost can't live or be in business without you and make it fun. And, and just be yourself, be transparent. I mean, you mentioned some nice compliments, but at the end of the day, if someone, if, you know, I'm, I'm also known for being pretty asocial. Um, I've done a lot of seminars. If, if I've done multi-million dollar events, three-day boot camps. I've done some coaching for $40,000 per year uh, for three-year commitment. Um, and, um, you know, I can, I can do that stuff, but it's, it's not, it's not pleasing to me. I prefer, I don't prefer being in groups. I like being in, I'm really good one-on-one. -on -one. I'm like a black belt one-on-one -on -one and I'm like, you know, a white belt in a, in a group typically. Um, but I, I can do it. It just, I don't, I'm not fond of it. Um, so find what your strengths are and build a model around your strengths. So you are who you are and people can see that you're authentic. And I think being authentic is, is, is key. I mean, Joe, me observing you, 
you what you do is a perfect match in my opinion just from the outside looking in to your personality and your strengths and it goes back to that unique ability and uh don't worry about the things you suck at build a business around what you what you're passionate about provided that because I'm a, I think passion is even a little overrated provided that it, there's a, a a demand for it in the marketplace no you're you're you're, you're amazing, right. you know that whole uh it, just what you're saying really resonates. We had uh, Gary Vaynerchuk on one of our early episodes, and you know his big driving thing, which he kept continuing to say, is you got to do what's in your DNA. You got to be who you are, and that's just what you're saying. Is you know, not everybody can be like somebody else. You know, you get the most success, and there's lots of different ways to be successful. I mean, you talk about being asocial, but you know, look at Dan Kennedy. When we talk about him, there's probably nobody more a social than Dan, and he's been yeah. <laughs> true to his DNA for absolutely. Years now, and know? he goes out of his way to re- repel clients, you know, or, or um, exactly. you know, he goes out of his way to insult people. But he's but he's yeah. smart, you know, and he attracts people that can tolerate him. Um, and uh, that's the way he built his game. But the bottom line is. Um, is even though I said that, like work on your strengths. Um, if you're if you're not careful, you can get come pretty uh, uh, reclusive, and that's not healthy. And so I have I have to force myself to leave Danville because I love my life. I have a, you know, and so I have found by forcing myself to do what I don't want to do, which is we talk back to being discomfort uncomfortable sometimes. You you will find that you will you will grow, and you, you know you will. Actually, so I don't, I don't buy my own bullshit. You know, even though I have this story about myself, I know that a lot of it is bullshit. Um, and I don't know why I do it. We all do it. You know, uh, with some people, they call it a racket. You know, so I, I, I know I, I'm bullshitting myself. I know that I have the ability to do whatever I put my mind to it. I always have. And so be careful, though, when, when, you, when you run a business or a business model around just what you want to do, chances are you won't grow. You still need to grow. For example, I'll give you like a quick example. I was in 25K meeting like maybe a month ago, Joe, right? I think it was a month right. or so. And um, it was my first uh, 25K meeting uh, for this year. And I took like a year and a half off or two years off of 25K. And uh, there was a there's a period of time where I really needed to, some personal reasons, but now I'm back in 25K and I was there for two days, took three pages of notes, which isn't a lot of notes, but all you need is like someone whispering in your ear one sentence and it can change your life. But I, I came home with three pages of notes. But what I left with also was a relationship with someone, I won't mention his name, but he was an attendee there. He's a member of 25K and he has a, 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 doesn't sell the same product, but he has kind of a similar um, uh, I don't know how to say it, kind of a similar dynamic in terms of how he relates to his client base. And so we got together for four hours. He happens to be live near me. And that relationship alone, because of something I've never done, I've never been able to figure out how to do it, which is pre-recorded webinars versus just a, re- a regular webinar to do it. Pre- I didn't have the technology to do it. So we, we, he helped me with that. And it's going to add you know, easily millions of dollars in gross revenue in the next three years, easily, if, even if it takes me another six months to get all the technology. I just ordered a bunch of computers and some crazy stuff as a result. So the point is, is just because you put yourself in a position of, uh, of discomfort, usually the benefit you can get out of it may not be obvious. So when I go to 25K, there's no other chiropractic marketers there. And if there was, it wouldn't really matter. But And there's a lot of people in different industries. But to be around people that think differently, um, it enabled me to say yes to an invitation. To, you know, I'm going to be speaking at Joe's event in New York. Um, the old days, I'd decline it just because it's like, you know, um, why would I want to do that? I don't like speaking in front of people. I know I can do it. It's not a problem. I just don't like doing it. Well, I'm doing it because I'm just, uh, I think it's a good way to train yourself. Everybody listening has something they suck at. Um, and it doesn't mean you have to become good at it, but still you know, take that whole thing about don't only do what you want so far, because there may be some things that can increase the sales of your business or your happiness or health or wisdom by exposing yourself to, into these areas that are typically, you know, so I guess what I'm saying is there's an art to it. 
there's an art there's there's a point where saying no is not the best in your best interest, and there's times when you need to. So um, maybe mix it up and diversify when you say yes and no. Uh, just just because because I guarantee at the end of the day you'll be a, a better business person and probably more fulfilled as a result of it. So uh, you know I, I still push myself. I'm still a student. You know, life, school's never out for the pro. Um, yes, I have a great life, make lots of money, have great clients, have great reputation. Um, but still, at like, the end of the day, you need to uh, be around like-minded thinkers, and there's not a lot of them out there. I don't have any close friends that I've known for a long time, and I have lots of friends here in the Bay Area. Or I don't have very many relatives that, that I can relate to when it comes to entrepreneurship and marketing. And so you have to go out of your way to meet these people. And what I have found, and I'm sure it's not just with Joe's group, but um, but it's extremely high level at Joe's group of kinship where you know if you're in Joe's 25k or you're an I love marketing fan uh, when you have that commonality with others they automatically drop their egos they're there to help you and uh, everybody is is there to serve and so that's probably the most I got out of it and my willingness to help others has always been high so I've never I've always been that type of person to do whatever I can to help others, regardless if there's any monetary gain on my end directly, because sooner or later it all comes back. That's an important thing too, Ben, because you know what we've found is the whole meetup group phenomenon that we've had with the Isle of Marketing community, which is really what we're building. It's a community of like-minded people all speaking the same vocabulary centered around applying the eight profit activators to their business, and and they're all meeting with people who have different experiences, different businesses, different approaches, different personalities, and that the synergy of, of being in a group like that. You never know who you're going to, you know, learn that one idea that's like the the rocket fuel for you. Well, you know, I I think I know Joe could, could relate to this, and I'm sure you, Dean, too, and most people listening, is every big quantum leap I've had in my life. Is, ha- is is it's that whole thing about you know what is it uh, luck is o- opportunity and what's the other one um, preparation ability where what is it opportunity well, an opportunity meets preparation yeah. or what yeah exactly so that's that's the whole thing is you don't you you can't get lucky if you just stay home all the time you know so the, the key I can all of us listening can come up with at least three to five instances in your life that you met a specific person that you heard something or you observed something and it totally changed. It was like a uh, rocket fuel to success. It, it totally changed mm-hmm. uh, the, the direction of your business or your perspective, which you determined was limiting your, your business. So you need to get out and, and meet people because that's where the opportunities are. The opportunities typically aren't with just the people you've known for a decade, friends and family, it's strangers. And there's a lot of strangers we don't want to be associate with. So to increase the probability of that uh, exposure to be of a, a, a value, um, the b- best way is where do, where do, where do uh, accurate thinkers and successful people congregate and just go there? That's so funny. There's a book, um, there's a book called The Luck Factor, and the uh, author did a study on luck. And they found that people who consider themselves lucky tend to be more lucky because they put themselves in situations where luck can pay off. You know, they buy lottery tickets or they enter contests or they do things like that. And people who consider themselves unlucky don't do those things. And there's so many parallels to what you're saying. It's like, you know, putting yourself out there and and being in a place where you're more likely to bump into the person who's going to have the idea for you or be the connection that you need to uh, add that rocket fuel. Yeah, yeah, let me let me make a distinction too, because from observing Ben, I mean, you know, Ben definitely will do things that will put him out of his comfort zone because he knows how to, uh, you know, get value for himself and for others out of the process. And at the same time, he doesn't he doesn't waste time with it. Like a lot of people will just endure suffering and they'll get nothing out of it. Meaning, you know, like the whole no pain, no pain sort of thing is, is one approach. The other is like doing something that may, 
you know, if you're introverted, but you, you put yourself out there, you're going to, if you do it intelligently and you strategically and you, you, you put, you know, critical, accurate thinking behind it, yeah, you can get enormous results. I mean, you know, the one line that you said, uh, you know, someone whispers in your ear, you know, one sentence mm-hmm. that, you know, will change your life. It, it, it's the ability to know where to put your ear, though, you know, where to carry yourself to. A lot of people are just idiotic and they, they waste their time on stuff that, you know, not only are they no good at that they don't enjoy doing, but doesn't, you know, they don't reap any rewards because they don't know how to, you know, they don't know how to water, they don't know how to harvest, they don't look at it that way. And so, you know, I, I think as people listen to this, it, it's really picking up on that. I mean, it's it's knowing how to, to, to do it. And one thing, before I forget, um, I never would have uh, the relationship that I have with, with Richard Branson had I not known Ben, because Ben actually was the one that called me up one day, and I've talked about this. I don't know if you ever heard me on, on any of the episodes where I talk about this, Ben, where I tell the story of you know how I met Richard Branson. Is you know Ben uh, called me up and invited me to a to a dinner uh, that his buddy Mike Faith, a guy who founded Headsets.com, uh, was putting together, and you know said, "Hey, you want to go to dinner with Richard Branson?" And I'm like, you know, what's the catch? And Ben's like, well, you know, a minimum five thousand dollar donation to uh, uh, his foundation, Virgin Unite. And I said, well, you know, I'll give a fifteen thousand dollar donation. I mean, it took me like 30 seconds, I think, to, to, to think of that one in my head. And uh, But, yeah, because of that, that's how I ended up developing and nurturing the, the, the relationship with, with Ben. So I have, you know, tremendous appreciation for that. Uh, and it's also, you know, how many people could Ben have called up? Or, and, and so that's how I operate. That's how Ben operates. I mean, we just do it in different ways. But it's it's really looking how, you know, luck comes into play, but only if you have the other parts of it there you know i mean it you know people all there's a ton of people that are listening to this episode right now that are really lucky to hear some of the insights that ben is saying the difference is most people won't do anything with it but the few that will they can be lucky or they can just you know really say oh okay this this is going to cause me to make a decision or take an action or to implement something or to maybe learn something or to, you know, go do something that may be uncomfortable for many people, but I'm going to go do it because it's going to produce a result. So anyway, that's how I see it. Well, you know, to some degree, I think some people are just born to be successful and some people are almost born to, you know, struggle. They have this like black cloud. And if any of you listening just feel like that Jeff Paul used to say, life is having a party and you're just never invited, then I urge you to, to start to get, to get lucky. I think you need to, to first, um, you need to build your confidence. And I think uh, I, I have a high level of confidence, probably more than I deserve. And most people would don't even see it because I don't really, I, I, I think I know how I occur to people and it's, and I'm okay with it because I know my level of confidence is extremely high and I stay in my lane. You know, I'm not trying to be Joe or Dean. I stay in my lane and I, and I uh, try to support other people's vision because I do live and Joe's a master at this as you know, that whole thing about you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. And that's just the way life works. And it's just the reality. It's maybe not be the should be world, but that's just the real world. And so for, for you, if you don't feel like you're lucky, stop, focusing on yourself and ask yourself, who do I already know that is successful, knows something I need to know, and how can I help them in, in any way? Or at least min- minimally, don't be a pain in the ass to them. Because there's lots of people that come to me and they want help, but they're just so uh, painful to be around because they are at a victim mentality or they're so selfish that I just cannot, I, I don't feel the urge to help them. And on the other hand, I've helped strangers immensely, you know, 10, 20, 30 hours of my time for free, knowing that I'm never going to get reimbursed for it. But it was just a pleasure because I can just know I'm going to change their lives. And they were just like a hungry sponge. So I think be grateful is a big key to get lucky. Be grateful. Be simple stuff. You know, your parents or your grandmother told you, be grateful, be nice, be appreciative, say thank you, Um, help people, be generous, don't be cheap. Um, it's just basic stuff. People make success so complicated. All you need to do is just be a, a good person, and um, and that's pretty much really it. And, and and you will attract people. The good, like 
people that have good intent to help others will pick up on it. And those are the kind of customers and clients you want anyway. You don't want to try to attract somebody that is deviant or is selfish. Or they're just going to be a you know time vampire, and they're going to complain. They'll probably refund. And so uh, draw your line. Know who you are and stick to who you are, and but let people know who you are. And then just be grateful and honorable. And uh, another thing, if you already have a business, but you feel like you've had an unlucky time in your business, I guarantee you've ignored your customers. I know we're changing subjects here, but ask yourself, what can I do for my customers for free? And maybe do, I mean, simple strategy, do, do 12 things in six months of a nice gesture to your old customers without asking for money, mail them something, shoot them in email or segment your list. Some of, if you can afford to spend some money, spend some money on your best people. Do something for these people without pitching them as an experiment for six months and watch how, quote, lucky you get. So really, luck or success, I think, is a byproduct. It's a symptom of, 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 of not being so self-absorbed and, and serving people by going past. You know, I guess this is probably another good thing I learned this from my father is, um, or, um, is you, you – you got to go the extra mile, you know, give them more than you get. And, and it's really true. Um, it, that's go out of your way and, 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 and be okay with getting screwed once in a while. You know, people are going to screw you and don't, don't let just let it go. I, I am so, I don't even know if I should be like this, but I, I have probably 10 people that collectively all together owe me close to $2 million. And I know I'll never get the money. I'm not going to sue them. And I just let it go. So luck is all about letting go of the past. If not, you're just not focused on the moment. Also, I learned this from, a, you know, even the power of now through Eckhart Tolle talks about it, is don't focus on the future too much either. Focus on today, one day at a time and live a balanced life. Without health, without good nutrition, without rest, I couldn't be successful. All that's important. And, and quality relationships, absolutely. Yeah, I I, I love I love it. Um, you know, Dean, uh, is there anything you want to ask him related? Because I want to actually I want to ask Ben about yeah, no. the topic of uh, of time management and, and maybe time management's not the right yeah, sure. word. But I just I wanted okay. to draw out because he's mentioned a couple of times confidence and that he's probably like you said have more confidence than you deserve was the word I think he used. But there's another there's a book called Overachievement. And it was written by a sports psychologist from Rice University in Houston. And he studied overachievers in lots of different fields. And the number one thing that he noticed and attributed to them was what he called irrational confidence. And I thought, you know, that's interesting because confidence is one of those things like who's to say how much confidence is rational, you know, and, and you think about it, every great person, every person who, who you would point to as an overachiever is somebody who has a tremendous amount of confidence. You sense that in people. Our little buddy Joe Polish has a tremendous amount of confidence. And that's, you know, it, it, I think it has to start with that. You have to believe in yourself like that. You have well, to you believe know, in yourself. Go ahead, Joe. No, no, no. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't want to cut you off. Uh, I'll just say that, like you said, Ben, you know, staying in your own lane. You know, I mean, I'll have confidence mm-hmm. in areas where I stay in my lane, but if I get out of it, you know, I very quickly could feel very, you know, like I don't know what the hell I'm doing. So, yeah, I think there's there's a lot there. So, so go ahead, Ben. You're saying believe well, in yourself. Well, closing on this is, you really have to look in the mirror and say, do I do I look happy? Do I look healthy? Do I look powerful? Do I look like I'm confident in my ability to, um, do I have like a swagger? You know, I think that you know, everybody has That's their own exactly. image and you don't have to be a Ken and Barbie looking person to succeed. Mm. You just need to, to rock your, your own vibe, you know, but fall in love with yourself, invest in yourself, you know, spend money on personal training or, or image consulting or, uh, spend money uh, at the spa or on vacation. I mean, I've learned that um, if you don't, I think it's someone else you interviewed because I listen to all your I Love Marketing podcasts. I think it was so a woman you interviewed talked about um, how you need to. Oh no, it was it was Ariana Huffington uh, at last year's event in New York. She talks about how you need to recharge. 
you know, and we don't do that enough is just because I love marketing, everybody loves marketing doesn't mean you shouldn't decompress, you know, take two or three days off Mm -hmm. a week and do nothing related to marketing. Sometimes that's the easiest way to create a clear thinking mind that could actually identify opportunities and solutions is not be so too, too overly immersed in focusing on what's wrong in your business or in your life and just, you know, detach yourself emotionally and physically and mentally from anything you've been, that's on your mind and just, just, just relax, be outdoors. I mean, success is so much easier than failure. If people only just adopt certain principles, simple principles and hang out with cool people that have the same values or at least get it. Um, it's not difficult. You know, it really, it's kind of like, you know, when you're drunk, I mean, I haven't been drunk in a while, but every once in a while, what the hell, but have you, if, have you ever been drunk and, <laughs> you know, when I was, when you're single and you're drunk and you're in college, maybe, and I apologize for any LDS listeners, but it, it's like, you can do no wrong. You can say no wrong. And, and, and it's just like, you can be drunk, program yourself to be drunk. Even when you're sober, you know, it's just, it's all between your ears. So you, you can, you can just dial in that, that, that. It's like a radio, you know, you just dial into a certain frequency and, and create a new story about yourself. And, um, and just, of course you have, can't just be superficial. You have to actually deliver the goods, but you know, you got to put in the work and it takes time and don't be in a rush. Enjoy the process. Don't do it for the, the, don't do it for the outcome. You know, don't do it because you want to be, make money, do it because you want to help and you want to have a good, you want to enjoy your life every day. Cause we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. So just um, and just enjoy it, you know. But do you have a question, Joe, about time management or comment? Yeah, yeah. You you have you have like a you have a process that I know you go through mentally and and how you actually spend your time. But questions to ask before saying yes. Um, you have a way of thinking about the whole concept of before you obligate yourself to something. You know, questions to ask yourself before you agree to do something, take something on, that sort of stuff. If I have a, it, it depends on, who, okay, it depends on who's soliciting, who the person is that's, you know, giving me this quote opportunity. You know, what's their track record? <laughs> we know a lot of people that um, their track record is uh, not too good. And so right. look at their track record, look at their reputation, uh, look at how they treat customers after the sale, uh, Google them, you know, learn about them. And if they, that's what my first filter is, okay, do I respect this person? Um, and, and, and if that's the case, then is, will they better serve my customers without, without taking my customers? I mean, there's certain people I will not refer my business to because they might get distracted. And, um, and even if that product or services is awesome, if it's not related to their business of chiropractic, then why should they go out and learn how to invest in real estate? You know, so and I used to do that with JVs, and that just stuff doesn't it doesn't fly, and and then you end up getting lawsuits, and it's not usually between the joint venture people, not the clients. So the, I, I I say no more than I say yes to uh, opportunities, but the ones I say yes to are because it's congruent with my product. Um, Actually, you know what? Most I, I have to be honest with you. I don't say yes to hardly anything when it comes to selling to my members. So I don't say yes to any of that. So right. can you give me an example? Like what what kind of well? No, I'm I'm curious, Stephen. Like how you spend your time. I mean, you know, what what are your methods for effectiveness and efficiency? Because you're you're also a guy that you know takes time off you love to enjoy your life so i mean you're you're very you know you're very thoughtful about the work you take on producing results that fit your you know unique abilities anything that requires me and i, I probably shouldn't do this but this is the truth it just hit me anything that requires me to put something on a calendar i will usually say no to if i have to put yeah. it on a calendar uh, i usually say no to it now, you know, if I have to go to something a couple times a year, that's one thing. But if I have to put it on a calendar, typically, if I can't handle it today on a phone call to see if I like it or not, I just don't like, uh, I don't like commitment uh, in terms of time. I like everything I do to be repurposed if possible. So it's evergreen. If I put in the energy, um, it, I can, like Dan Kennedy says, I can bank it, bank that experience. So I say, I say no to perishable opportunities that um, that don't have a, a t- 
tail on it, provided that that tail is, you know, tail meaning that, uh, you know, is more obligation, uh, provided that it, it doesn't serve both parties. So, um, you know, there's no simple answer to that other than um, I try to create a business model that enables me to efficiently, it's got to be scalable, I guess is another way to say it. If I, it can't be scalable, uh, ideally uh, delegated to my staff uh, because my, my value, my unique ability is, is creating systems, processes, um, and serving my members. And I, and I spend two hours a day serving my customers. I mean, I'm on the phone two hours a day with my clients on open line every day. And um, every, every, every couple months I say, you know what, I can easily stop doing this. But every day that I do it, I'm going, gee, I can't stop. It's just too valuable to them. And so um, I do it. Well, so yeah, I, we've talked about that too. And it, in, in it, that's something that I personally, that doesn't fit my lane. However, the way that you, you do, do it. You do it every I mean, day, Ben? Is that what you said? I do it Monday through Thursday. Monday through Thursday, every day, every Monday through Thursday. Wow. Because I have such a great business, and my business is like mm-hmm. almost brick and mortar, but it's not. I mean, it's such a, a great relationship with my customers that I'm happy to do it because number one is it's marketing, it's support, it's relationship enhancement, um, all in one. It's so effective. But that's my, I built a business model around it so it makes it work. And I don't mind it because I can be anywhere and be on my cell phone. I mean, I was surfing in Lahaina mm-hmm. January this year and I had to get up five in the morning to make the call. And I was up on the, at the beach, you know, watching the sun come up doing my two hour calls. So, you know, um, I could be in my car. It, it's, it doesn't tether me at all. It, it works for me. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying everybody should do it. I think you need to, there's a lot to consider, but it works with the way I deliver my product and what my product is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, there, there's a big, there's a, there's a big lesson in that. And I mean, um, yeah, yeah. It doesn't need so, to be so a the, phone call, but I think everybody should, uh, should be, you know, we, for a while, everybody's averse to having a product or, or business that's personality dependent. But I think that that is the key to stability uh, is, I mean, look, at people say, you know, the best way to do it is like be under the radar. They don't even know you exist and you're, you just cash checks. But who does that? You know, you take a performer like maybe, I don't know, the Rolling Stones or Celine Dion. You know, if they die, you have 150 people out of work, you know, and so mm-hmm. uh, they can't build a model that's not dependent on them. It just is what it is. So I think instead of building a model that's not personality-based, I think oftentimes the best thing to do is, is build a model that is personality-based. Now, then you're not a commodity, and um, you a like-alike attracts like, and, and people really know who you are, and it's, there's no mystery as, as terms of what the identity, what the mission statement, and what the core value is of the, of the company. So I personally like to do that. You know, I like to be part of the product. Yep. Very, very cool. So, uh, Dean, anything else you want to ask, uh, Ben before we wrap? Because what I'd like to do is this, uh, basically there's a lot of, of people that listen to I Love Marketing that I would imagine are in the chiropractic industry and, uh, would, would benefit mm-hmm. from Ben's business. So I'd like to have him, you know, basically yeah, tell share. people about how to, um, is there anything else you want to, you want to say or share? And if not, we'll, uh, no, I think that's been, I think this has been great. Let's share yeah, how people yeah, totally. can, can connect with Ben. Well, I appreciate that. You know, first of all, if they're a chiropractor, they're on my list, and I have certain funnels the way they become members, so I appreciate the offer. But um, I'll politely decline pitching my business. But I will tell you that if anybody has any question about what I talked about, um, you can just shoot me an email, and um, I will uh, – you know, answer it. I'm not looking for clients. I don't do one-on-one consulting anymore. So I'm not going to pitch you. Uh, please just be cool about it. You know, I, I cannot give you free consulting for life. But if you have one burning question, you know, feel free to shoot me an email. I'll try to help you. Um, if you join P- uh, 25K, find out when I'm there, if you think I'm of value to you. And when I'm there, we'll spend two days together. Um, so uh, my email address is Ben DC like dog cat at AOL.com, Ben DC at AOL.com. I'll spell my last name for you. If you just want to get your itch scratched by Googling me, um, Altadon is spelled A L T A D O N N A Alta Donna, one word, A L T A D O N N A. 
just put that in Google. There's not a lot of Altadonas out there. You'll find me. <laughs> and I just want to thank you yeah, uh, both for this opportunity. Um, I hope it helped, even if it helps one person, you know, uh, solve their crisis they're going through, then that's awesome. It was worth it. Yeah, no, I, th- I thought it was great, Ben, really. And th- thank you so much. There's some fantastic wisdom here. And this is one of these episodes where you certainly probably know someone in your uh, in your life, and I'm talking to our listeners right now, that uh, you know could probably benefit from hearing this. So share this with any entrepreneur, any business owner, successful or struggling, that you think uh, this could help get them um, on the right track, because uh, I think it, it, it can and will. And please give us your comments, what you thought about this episode at ilovemarketing.com. Uh, and um, yeah, thank you, Ben. Just Thank just you. Thanks, really, Dean. Thanks, Joe. Really good stuff. And, and, and you know, I, mean, I have to also mention, if you want to come to the New York event, um, you know, check out 25kgroup.com. Ben will be uh, will be speaking at this uh, this event, and he will be doing an awesome presentation. I think he's going to talk about why unique abilities require unique marketing. So that's the deal. And so, uh, Dean, uh, take us out into the sunset. <laughs> it's all very exciting. I can't wait to see you in uh, New York, and it'll be an awesome time. Awesome. Thanks, everyone. And we'll see you on the next episode of I Love Marketing. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye, guys.